You're listening to Make Your Way, Season 6, Episode 6. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post links to resources mentioned in the episode, along with a full transcript. You can find these materials at drkatylinder.com backslash MYW. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Hey, Katie, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to be back with another interview. Yay! Um, these, these have, have been, been so, so fun. fun. I know. So fun! Jinx! <laughs> totally jinx. We are having such a good time. And today I am super excited to welcome Cynthia to the show. Cynthia, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. So um, we thought we would start, as we have been, um, with just a little bit about who you are and what your business is. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so my name is Cynthia Canote, and I am uh, traditionally a sociology professor studying race, class, gender, and sexual inequalities. And my business, in, in beginning to think about how diversity, equity, and inclusion, the stuff that I've been talking about and teaching about for 22 years now, how that actually affects organizations began to be of real interest to me. And in fact, it started happening, the business started happening in a really grassroots way because I would get asked to come to another uh, university and give a talk on one aspect or another of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, Each of these talks was custom designed for that institution based on what they're facing. And really the business just started that way without my saying, I want to start doing this. Here's who my audience is. I'm going to frame it. Uh, in this way, the business started coming to me in an emergent way. And I started realizing that there are so many organizations that want to, uh, I started calling it this, organizations want to work on authentic inclusion in their organization. So if we think about inclusion being the piece about who's at the table and who feels like they belong there, who gets to speak once they're in an organization, whose voices are really heard and valued. There are a lot of organizations, higher ed, corporate, nonprofit, that feel like they have some work to do on that front. Um, And so I do a lot of custom workshops, facilitations, um, and online courses about helping organizations become more inclusive of all of their members. Cynthia, I love how you describe how this wasn't necessarily planned. I think a lot of our listeners can identify with that, that all of a sudden a business kind of like sprouts up and you weren't realizing that that's what was going on. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I have, I have these things coming in and maybe the foundation, you know, is not as strong as I would like it to be. I'm wondering if you can talk about what led you right now this year to join Slow Hustle? Why was the timing right for you in your business? Oh, it ended up being absolutely perfect because with the business coming to me in an emergent way, I started realizing, oh, I don't know how to do my own accounting. I don't know how to plan taxes. 
I don't know how to do uh, marketing. What on earth? And I started to feel really um, kind of overwhelmed, not in a, not that I couldn't handle what was coming my way, but I was projecting out, oh God, if I really start a business, what, what all do I need? And what do I not know? And I found that, um, I found that really overwhelming. And so, um, as you know, Katie, a very dear friend of mine, Susan Marine had worked with you before. And, um, when you and I met, when we were both at a, you know, an, at a national meeting in, uh, Portland, Oregon, and we talked and I knew you had so many resources to help me with, and I knew I could do individual work with you, and I knew I could go to your podcast, and I knew you had all kinds of free content. I didn't know how to organize it, and I didn't know where to start. It still felt, oh, this is great. This is the next pebble in my journey, but I don't know what to start listening to in what order and so katie when you decided to create this course with a cohort model with a monthly focus with um, not only a monthly zoom meeting of all members but then all of these resources and all kinds of supplemental materials i knew that was the exact right structure for me i am a learner that is uh yes i'm self-directed no doubt as is you know as are most people in our uh you know who are in academia but this was entirely new content i i at first thought i need a business degree for this and instead you know katie your creation of this course one year very highly structured with lots of support made me feel like I could not only I could do this, like I could launch my business proper in 2020, and like I could do it while being very authentic about the parts I did not know anything about, which were many. Mm -hmm. Sarah, I don't know if you identify with this at all of just like all the things are out there and what do you do? What? No, of course not. <laughs> I don't identify with that at all. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants most of the time. It's cool. <laughs> Cynthia, I really resonated with the, um, how you described how your business has started with people coming to you because they see you as an expert in this area and they want you to come in and help them with something. And sort of that emerging realization that like, oh, I have a thing to offer here. Now, how do I go about doing that in a way that is functional and in a way that works and um, in a way that considers accounting and taxes and all those things? Um, so I'm curious, you know, as you're, you said, you're, you're kind of looking at really ramping up in 2020. I'm curious, what's been the most surprising thing about forming this business? You know, really, that I could do it. Honestly, because I felt so overwhelmed and I felt sort of like I had to know all these things that I didn't know and how was I going to do this without hiring a big staff, which of course in the genesis of a business, you don't have the money to do, you know, to pay people properly to, to in fact hire staff or anything like that. So I was just thinking in such a complicated way about what needed to happen next. So what surprised me in getting into the slow hustle course was, 
not only do I not have to have all the answers, but that I can hire out the things that I simply do not want to figure out. There are certain things that's worth it for me to learn. And there are certain things that, you know, I have a day job. I am a professor and, uh, and a dean, an assistant dean. Um, job that's half my role be, still being faculty is half my role and that is very time-consuming and I don't always have the energy or desire to learn new complex skills some things I can and some things I don't want to so thinking I can uh, outsource for my web creation I can um, learn how to basically set up the accounting for my business and um, get that set up. And then yes, I can be monitoring it or I can, if I feel like I need a few extra hours of help, I can do that. So I think it was that I can actually do the pieces and that um, it doesn't require hiring a full staff member at this exact time in my business. Later, I would like to do that actually, but not right now while I'm getting launched. And so let's get somebody to build my website. Let's get somebody to maybe help me with editing on a podcast, which I'm going to start in 2020. Um, things like that. Does that make sense, Sarah? Yeah. And I love the, I love that you're bringing up outsourcing because I think it's something that people are afraid to consider right from the get-go sometimes. Um, I know for me, I was like, well, if I don't have any money coming in, how can I outsource? Like, how can I make that work? But it also can often like leverage more opportunities for you. So if you're able to kind of squirrel away a pot of money to pay somebody to help you with, as you said, web creation or something like that, like that actually frees up your time to do more of the work that you're wanting to do. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and yeah, it, it is surprising when you realize like, oh, hey, I can, I can do this. This is a thing. <laughs> and I can do it on my own, but with the help of others in, in ways that work for me. And I think that's a, that's a really great point. Um, Cynthia, you're, you're speaking really passionately about, about this work and about some of the things that you've been able to do and kind of jumping into this business. Um, what's been the most fun for you? And then on the flip side of that, what's been the most challenging part of starting this business? Mm, great question. You know, the fun part is I learned, again, in an emergent way, I absolutely love walking into a new organization, always with someone who's hosting me because they've called me to do this. And we've always kind of worked with each other in, to some degree about what those in the local context need, what this person would most like their colleagues to hear. I walk in, I meet new folks. We have this energized, fun um, interaction, whether it's a day long session or it's a two hour or it's a, you know, whatever it is they bring me in for, I find that so much fun. I find that exciting. I find it uh, so rewarding when people come up to me afterwards and say things like, um, I love this idea. I'm going to bring it to fill in the blank. You know, I want to bring it to uh, my colleagues in, you know, in my college, you know, or I want to teach this to my students. One of the things that I do um, with colleagues 
Tasha Souza at Boise State University and Floyd Chung at Smith College is we do work on meeting microaggressions in the workplace with micro resistance. And we teach people particular techniques and we talk with folks about how we can really change micro environments by being willing to, willing to stand up with and for each other in environments where people are being uh, microaggressed against, even to up to where people are being bullied. Um, and I find it so rewarding when I get people's responses. That part I love so much. People will write to me and say, I now had the language to address my colleague. And we had a really productive conversation. It was hard for him to hear that his language or his comments or uh, the way that he was minimizing others in our space was actually having a negative impact. But I had the language to talk through it and we're really trying to move forward. I adore that. So that part is so exciting for me. Um, the part that is most challenging, I think, is just, you know, I really think it's just the time piece that I, I have a full-time job. I uh, travel for conferences for that job. And so when I am traveling um, for my business as well, it can feel a little like, um, boy, I wish I had more time. And so I am, Sarah, considering things like, and, and Katie has given us a real framework for this, I'm considering things like creating more web-based courses, um, creating more webinars. Um, the last place where I presented this, a, a dean said to me, you need to be able to scale this up. A lot of places need this content and you can't travel to all of them. And so think about that. And she really helped me out in getting that light bulb of, I love to go, I love to travel, and also being able to reach people in a more broad way is important. So I'm just kind of working through that particular challenge right now. Cynthia, I'm wondering if you can also talk about what working in this business has taught you about yourself. There are so many learning moments in the midst of, you know, the growth that is happening both personally and in the business. What are some of the things that it's teaching you about yourself? Oh, such a great question, Katie. I feel like <laughs> I have more, I'm a lifelong learner. We all are, you know, so there's the piece of, I think I can learn anything, but but I realized that I had a real kind of fixed mindset about certain things. So I think I can learn anything about sociology, about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, about um, all kinds of things that I had a real growth mindset about. I didn't think I was honestly very, um, I didn't even know if I had a capacity really around um, some of the more kind of tax and accounting sides of the business, the even the some of the IT sides, you know, some of the uh, could I learn this package? Could I learn how to podcast? And so I have learned about myself. Oh, obviously, 
I can learn all these things. It is just then about, becomes a question of how much do I want to learn and do myself? And then what are the things that I just find, either if I find them really draining, but just a particular aspect that I think, you know, that's not really where my uh, juicy skill set lies. Would it make more sense for me to hire somebody and again, to outsource that particular piece? So I've learned so much about myself and my capacity to learn how um, to create and run a small business. I just, again, as a traditional academic, I can't say enough about how having been a faculty member for a long time and kind of operating in that mostly independent way, I do everything myself, uh, had gotten me in one groove and I am finding the this other thing where I go into different environments all the time. I work with different people. I solve, help them collaboratively solve thorny problems. Um, I fi- I'm finding that so, so um, juicy and I'm learning a lot more about my capacity to learn in areas that I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was capable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so you we're talking so much about learning. I want to ask one more question about it because I think this is such an important part of being open, you know, when you are starting a new business. I'm wondering if there are certain lessons you've learned about building a business thus far that you would recommend to people who are just getting started. And I feel like you've been like interweaving this into what you've already been saying, but are there a few things that you would just kind of concisely say, you know, like these are the things that I'm kind of taking away right now at the stage that you're at in building your business? Well, I would first say know yourself as a learner because, again, for me, this was all new. I knew the content and I'm constantly learning more about how I want to present the diversity, equity, and inclusion content for um, the clients that hire me. That's all exciting, but I did not know um, how to really build this business. And so for me, I knew a structured course was right. I just didn't, Katie, until you contacted me in January and said you were offering this course. I didn't know it was available. Mm -hmm. And so once I realized a structured experience with uh, a monthly meeting plus other check-ins plus support content plus uh, others in the cohort who would be available to talk or, you know, talk through issues or provide ideas. Um, once I found out that was available, that was so enticing to me. I know I'm that kind of learner. I needed the support but flexibility option. Like most of us in our Slow Hustle cohort, I don't have a lot of extra time. I need to use it wisely and I didn't need to be out wandering in the desert. Others, I would say, um, you know, for some, they're the kind of learner where they could go to, but, you know, your podcast with Sarah, and they could look at all of the incredible resources, and they could certainly self-design. I was not in a self-design space. I needed some structure, and that's the kind of learner that I am. I knew I'd really do it if. I had that kind of structure and support. So I would just recommend to people, 
don't beat yourself up if you're this kind of learner or that kind of learner. Just know who you are. We all, um, anyone who's starting a new business is really being very brave. And I, 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 you know, I haven't thought about myself in that way, but really processing it right now. And of course, looking at my colleagues, looking at the two of you, I think it's really brave and it's really creative to start something that didn't exist before. I think it's wonderful. I love seeing the models and I really grow a lot from hearing about others who are on that journey and also having coaching um, from you, Katie, you know, someone who has gone before, it's the near peer model. You've built this, but you haven't been doing this for 20 years to where you've forgotten what those first steps were like. In fact, you remember exactly what those first steps were like. You're still growing out your business. It's still morphing and changing once you realize what people's needs are. I love seeing that and it lets me know what's possible. Hmm. Sarah, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. I, I mean, I hear kind of a, a tension with some of the things we've talked about, which is the need for structure but mm -hmm. then also like the understanding that it's not like there aren't shortcuts necessarily. And like, I think some people buy courses or products because they're like, well, this will like magically help me figure out the things, you know? And I, right. I feel like Cynthia's describing something slightly different. You know, what's your reaction to that? Because I, I know that you're the person who like gets the manual and figures it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get the manual. I just like right, download the right. program and go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I am. It's interesting. I love the, the point you made, Cynthia, about knowing yourself as a learner. And I think um, your point is also well taken about not judging yourself for the type of learner that you are. So one of the things that I struggle with is because I, I tend to learn in the more um, get my hands dirty and just try stuff and, you know, break it if I if I have to and try to figure out how to fix it. I, I don't um, follow the sort of learning, learning by course mod model as much. And so I, I kind of run into this tension of like, well, yeah, I could take that course and I could learn it faster. But one, that's not how I learn. And two, it's not any fun. <laughs> like I'd rather just, you know, try to figure it out on my own. Um, so that's been a real struggle for me in a lot of the, in a lot of ways over the last couple of years is really embracing that learning style and, um, you know, figuring out ways to get the information I need. Um, while also, you know, not judging myself for not being the person who is is going to get as much out of, um, you know, a, a course or, or that sort of thing, a different kind of learning um, model. So yeah, Katie, I think there's a lot a lot here that uh, hits a lot of the points we've talked about over over the last couple of seasons. Um, and just differences between you and I, Katie, even and in, in the way that we approach learning and building a thing. It's that's one of the things I have valued most about these conversations is just getting a different perspective on uh, on how to do a thing. And, and I think, Cynthia, your point is well taken about there are different ways to build this. And it's it's great to hear lots of different perspectives and, and get input from lots of different different sources. So I want to dig in, Cynthia, because you have a business that handles some challenging topics. You know, this is something you've been doing for years and years. You're very comfortable, I think, kind of talking about some of these issues and topics that are um, difficult for others to discuss. I'm wondering if you can talk about maybe any unique elements that go into building a business around that and, and particularly around maybe marketing something that people maybe don't want to talk about or they don't want to grow in that area. Um, 
and you mentioned kind of being drawn into institutions. So there may be kind of an institutional need for something versus a personal request for something. How have you thought through that piece, you know, of, of really trying to, even through your marketing, educate people around diversity, equity, and inclusion issues and help them to understand that this could be something that could be really valuable for them? Oh, such a good question. And I'm still thinking it through. I think that one of the things I realize is, and this just came to me in the last, let's say, five years, because I do race, class, gender, and sexual inequalities work, and always in my classroom, since I first started teaching my own class in graduate school, it's all been about having these really difficult conversations, what you might call controversial topics. And um, it's extremely important to me, the process. I always teach students the respect and dignity of everyone in this learning community is the most important thing. And so we're going to talk about some difficult subjects and talking to others with, with respect and dignity is, is paramount. And, and it means the following. You can disagree with each other, your texts, with me. Um, that is absolutely fine. But listening to someone and saying, oh, that's so interesting. I see it an entirely different way. Let me tell you how I see it. Uh, versus name calling, casting aspersions on the person, uh, or imputing something about their character. That's not okay. So to me, from early on, I realized, oh, I think I might be doing something that others, um, just because of what I teach and what, because of what was really important to me, I learned how to do and I constantly learn more about how to do with each group of people in front of me. In the last five years, let's say, when people started realizing, oh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, important. <laughs> I started going, oh, well, that is something that I have done my whole adult life. So let me think about how I could be helpful. And it became a sort of people call me when they want my help. I am in the situation with my business of, I don't try to voice this on anybody. You know, there is no required element to anything. It's organizations, it's individuals, it's leaders, it's, uh, you know, committees in any kind of organization that say, we need this and we need some help having these conversations. And that's where I come in. And so from there, then I've realized and. Uh, Katie, you're bringing up in the last part of your question, a part that I've just started realizing lately, some folks want to do more individual work. And I'm figuring out how to offer that in my business. I am absolutely, um, through this grassroots process, I've worked with leaders. I've worked with, you know, from within higher ed, faculty committee heads to um department chairs to deans to, you know, provosts and all kind of vice, vice presidents or vice provosts for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I work with individuals as well to help them increase their skill sets in, in leading these kinds of conversations. So I can come in as a consultant and I can lead those conversations. And at the same time, I can help others build their 
capacity. And luckily, it really is the same kind of skill set and realizing you and or the people in the room may be uncomfortable at any particular moment when having these conversations. That's productive. That's where learning happens. Now, again, name calling, disrespectful talk, casting aspersions on somebody's character, that kind of discomfort. We're not talking about that. That's not something that you're going for when you stay in a structure and a space and a process that allows people to be honest and be authentic about where they are. I am someone who says, welcome. You're here. That's wonderful. Oh, you've realized in this workshop, you're the person who is throwing the microaggressions. I uh, thank you. I get it. You're here. That's wonderful. We can all grow. Um, none of us is perfect and we all have a lot to learn in this arena. So I, I'm, I'm figuring out, Katie, how I can help others learn something that I've worked on my entire adult life. Again, still learning, obviously. Um, but it brings me a lot of joy to think about what different forms that now might take in my business. This is so interesting to hear you talk about this, Cynthia, because, you know, as you've mentioned, diversity inclusion has really kind of had a surge of interest in the last handful of years or so for a lot of reasons, but it's become a primary focus of a lot of organizations, higher ed and and otherwise. Um, And so I love how you're talking about, you know, bringing people together and having these conversations, right? Because a lot of this stuff happens in community. That is, that is the, where the, the root causes of some of the, the issues are as well, as well as where the repair is. But I also mm-hmm. hear you talking about the need for individual growth too. And, and I love this idea of, are there things that you can offer in your business on the individual level? Um, I'll share an example. I, I was um, at, at a gathering not too long ago, and I felt really conflicted about how to try to uh, step up as an ally when I noticed something happening in the conversation that was destructive and and kind of getting over my own discomfort with how do I do this? And I know that that's a lot of inner work from, for me to do. And, but I also feel a little out of my depth, not sure how to grapple with that and, and how to approach it. So I think that, that it's really great to be thinking about for your business, both how do I do this work, this work in groups, but also what can I offer for people to be thinking about individually um, as they're, as they're grappling with these issues after we've, you know, had this great meeting. Um, So I I just love that you're thinking about these different facets of your business. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about um, what kinds of resources, you know, you've talked a lot about Slow Hustle, but what are some of the other resources that have really helped you as you've been thinking about what's in store for, you know, 2020 and beyond? Oh, and Sarah, thank you so much for your confirmation on the individual work. You and Katie really are helping me think through. Um, and I mean, you're so right. It is deep individual work that has to happen. It really does. You know, for people to grow and change in the ways that are truly inclusive of a whole group of folks that perhaps they haven't worked with before, perhaps they haven't been in community with before, perhaps they don't have the language to say, I don't know how to talk about this issue. And I feel pretty uncomfortable, but I'm getting a feeling in my gut about it. Um, I I really, uh, 
I empathize with that so very much. And I, and I do want to be able to help individuals um, and talk through that as well. So thank you so much for that. Um, you know, the other kinds of resources are because of the kind of learner I am, I am very relationally based. And so I like to ask not just those in our, co uh, our cohort, Slow Hustle cohort and Katie and others there, I like to then ask others um, who have started small businesses or even others that, others who have really responded to the work I've done in their organization, I like to ask them, okay, well, so if it's, if it's the latter, I'll say, okay, so what else is needed? You know, you say you want to continue this conversation and I think that is incredible. And what other kind of support do you need and how could I or somebody else help with that? So I like to talk with folks in that way. I also like to look at others who have a small business and go, um, what were your best resources? What do you really vouch for? What did you read? What podcast did you listen to? What did you, um, you know, what conversation did you have? Um, a colleague of mine is Carrie Ann Rockmore, who started the National Center for Faculty Development and Diversity. And I met her through a national pod meeting. And uh, she, as a fellow sociologist, uh, she was a, a fellow tenured sociologist, and she decided that the mentoring program she had worked up at her institution was something that she actually felt like could be useful far more broadly. And then she took, she created this wonderful thing that has helped countless folks because she took those resources online. I'm about to reach out to her and ask for another conversation. We had a really in-depth conversation when I was truly at the very beginning of thinking about starting a business. Now I'm further along into it. Uh, she's very far along into developing a wildly successful business. But I want to now ask her advice again. So I'm very much about reaching out to people and saying, what's your favorite book? Tell me, uh, what should I be listening to? And uh, I like to do it that way. I can really get overwhelmed. I still can get overwhelmed with, oh, there are too many options. I need less options. And so I'll ask Katie or someone in our group or Carrie Ann or, um, or somebody who just you know, there's somebody at the business school at my university and ask them about a particular question or there's someone in the ed school or there's someone who uh, does X. I like to really gather my resources through the people around me. So again, Sarah, that's just something about who I am as a learner and as a person and how I like to, when I get stuck, reach out to others. Because if I get too many options in front of me, there are 10 wonderful books, I, my eyes start rolling you know, a little bit, like uh, I'm, I'm getting nervous. And I have to kind of get it down to um, what some bite-sized chunk that I could hold in my hand or you know, download on my computer and get my head around it. That approach tends to help me just because of how I approach learning new tasks. 
Cynthia, you mentioned some fun plans for 2020, a podcast and some other things you're working on. Can you tell us kind of what's next for you in your business? What are some of the things that you think are going to be your next steps? Yeah, and those are absolutely still taking shape, but certainly I will be starting a podcast uh, around authentic inclusion and talking with a lot of different folks about um, some of the issues that arise in our organizations and uh, talking about different ways to address those and and how life in this moment in the U.S. Um, can be challenging and, and kind of sharing creative ideas about how to solve these thorny problems around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that's one. Um, I am really thinking a lot about um, online courses. I learned how to teach online in the last few years at my university and realized, oh, all of this is totally, these are skills I can use to build my own courses, you know, entirely separate uh, content. And for my business, I can do that and reach a broader audience. I am thinking about um, synchronous webinars that we could do with, as I said, this last place I went and presented, a dean said to me, we really need this. And you, you got to, you got to scale this up. We need to be able to contact you. We need to be able to, uh, discuss some of these skill sets and ways to talk to each other about these thorny problems. And so I'm thinking about a webinar and I'm certainly going to continue and do it in a much more intentional way. Um, putting out there what it is that I offer. Again, I started so grassroots that I didn't have so much as um, a flyer with, you know, this is what I do. And people started asking for it. And so I had to create that on, you know, on an as needed basis. And now I'm realizing I, I really need to get my website together and have that available. And so it's this pebble by pebble thing that learning how to podcast, learning how to do a webinar, learning how to do a, an online course, and then getting someone to create my website and deciding what all goes there. Those are all things I'm really excited about. And I am not saying this for my own benefit. I'm not holding myself to having those perfect and polished in any one moment to spring on the world at <laughs> in some way. Again, that seems too overwhelming to me. And so those are all things that I will launch at different points in 2020. Um, the podcast will be first. And I want to kind of do that in intentional ways so that I can get comfortable with them and then add something else as I go. Cynthia, I'm over here like smiling and nodding because there's a, there's a lot of what you said that um, I resonate with a lot, especially the the whole like, I didn't have, you know, a flyer or anything because why would I need that? And then somebody asked for it and you're like, oh, right, I should probably have one of those. I've, I've had that happen so many times in my business where they've been like, oh, do you have this thing? And I'm like, no, but I will. <laughs> 
So I, de- I think you're definitely not alone there in the, uh, the, the sort of progress by suggestion. <laughs> you know, others are, are suggesting, oh, I'd love this thing, or do you have this part of your business? And that really helps inform business growth. So I love, I love that you mentioned that. Um, and, and I am similar also in the, you know, not wanting to do a hard and fast launch, um, just sort of like, okay, we're going to try this and see how this goes. And we're going to kind of inch forward, like you said, pebble by pebble. So I just, I love that. That's, that's a great analogy. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. It's literally the only way I can do it. I, <laughs> I know the feeling. Not, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not capable of doing a huge all at once launch. It's beautiful. It's perfect. And it's whatever. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if anyone does that, but it's what I had in my head I had to do. Mm-hmm. And as I tread this path and I go pebble to pebble, which is really what I hold myself to in life. Well, I really don't know the next thing, but I certainly can go pebble to pebble. Mm -hmm. I I know at a very gut level, I really trust myself for, oh, this next phase, oh, that is not working. I, I really need to turn this other direction. And what resources do I need? And again, for me, what people do I need to talk to to figure out what, you know, how to step into this next phase? So I have in releasing myself from all perfection mm-hmm. in saying, Seems like people are asking about X. Uh, Perhaps I could develop, this is something I do. Perhaps I could kind of share it in a new way that isn't quite as comfortable for me. I've just allowed myself uh, through this process, through talking with others, through talking with Katie, through listening to Charles' podcast, through doing a lot of different things, it really has released me to be exactly who I am, have all the flaws I really have, have all the strengths that are actually driving this business. There's a thing that I do and it is a gift that I know I'm very lucky. I'm very privileged to have. I want so badly to share it with others. And I'm just letting that kind of drive the bus and letting uh, my weaknesses just be my weaknesses. And I'm outsourcing on those things. Cynthia, this has been such a fun conversation. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing about your journey and how you're putting it together piece by piece. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy hearing this. You all, it is such a a treat to talk with both of you. I thank you so much for caring about these things. And you have inspired me to be just as 100% vulnerable about what it really looks like behind the scenes as I can be. Thank you so much for that. I know as a listener, I would want to hear that other people are not perfect in their businesses and God knows I'm not over here. So, (laughs) and neither are we. Yes. So neither. And everybody knows that from everybody knows. Everybody knows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You all, thank you so much. Well, thank, yeah, thank you, you, Cynthia. Cynthia. This was lovely to, to get a chance to hear more about what's in store for you. And good luck with everything as you keep uh, motoring on down the path. Oh, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. I will, uh, you know, I will figure it out pebble by pebble. Okay. Such a good message to leave us on. And Sarah, always a pleasure. And always uh, we will 
We will be back soon with another episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at drkatylinder.com backslash MYW. If you found this episode helpful, please consider rating or reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.